Wondery Plus subscribers can listen to the CBS Evening News ad-free right now. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you can have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. Tonight, the historic second impeachment trial of former President Trump begins with graphic video and a debate over if this trial should even take place. House Democrats show explicit video of the Capitol assault as the lead impeachment manager gets emotional. If that's not an impeachable offense, then there is no such thing. Former President Trump's legal team says the real reason for impeachment is Democrats don't want to face Trump again in an election. Partisan politicians seeking to eliminate Donald Trump from the American political scene. Why the former president is angry tonight. Mass shooting in Minnesota. A gunman opens fire in a medical clinic. Five people injured. The suspect in custody. What we're learning tonight. Breaking news. CBS News has learned the current draft of CDC guidance says vaccinating teachers is not necessary to get kids back in the classroom. Running out of shots. States can't meet the overwhelming demand for vaccines as giant vaccination centers open up without enough supply. Millions brace for more winter misery. Could it be the coldest Valentine's Day on record in some places? And the snowstorm that follows the bitter cold. Pilot error. More than one year after the helicopter crash that killed NBA legend Kobe Bryant and seven other passengers, investigators say it was avoidable. Childhood hunger in the U.S. has doubled. Educators not only having to teach their students, but also keep them fed. And we'll remember Mary Wilson of the Supremes. This is the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell, reporting from the nation's capital. 
Good evening, and thank you for joining us. We're going to begin tonight with breaking news. Former President Trump will stand trial in the Senate for a second time tomorrow. Tonight, six Republicans joined with Democrats, voting 56 to 44 that the impeachment trial is constitutional and can move forward, even though Mr. Trump is no longer in office. Now, the vote comes after a day of impassioned arguments and disturbing videos outlining the January 6th attack on the Capitol. As emotional House managers argued, Mr. Trump had to be held accountable for inciting an insurrection. For his part, sources tell CBS News tonight that the former president is angry at the performance of his defense lawyers, which even one Republican senator tonight called disorganized. And this all sets us up for the stage of we're in a historic and unprecedented hearing with senators sitting as jurors in the very chamber where they were victims just one month ago. We have a lot of new reporting for you tonight on the impeachment trial and the other major headlines of the day. And our team is standing by. CBS's Chris Van Cleve is going to lead off our coverage from the Capitol. Good evening, Chris. Nora, not only did House Democrats convince the Senate that the impeachment trial was constitutional, they jumped right into their case. It was a raw and visceral start to former President Trump's unprecedented second impeachment trial. What our country experienced that day is the framers' worst nightmare come to life. House Democrats used a powerful and expletive-laced video timeline showing this trial will be a made-for-TV event. It sent the sounds of the January 6th riot echoing again through the Senate chamber leaving a silence that lingered for seconds after the video ended. Senators, this cannot be our future. Impeachment managers are promising evidence nobody has seen before as they treat their case like a criminal prosecution. Fight like hell. They'll use Mr. Trump's words. We are going to the Capitol. The crowd's response. The violence that followed. Officers ended up with head damage and brain damage. People's eyes were gouged. As well as the president's tweets, including this one sent hours after the Capitol was stormed, espousing debunked claims of a stolen election. Every time I read that tweet, it chills me to the core. Presidents can't inflame insurrection in their final weeks and then walk away like nothing happened. Lead House Manager Jamie Raskin of Maryland choked up, reliving having his daughter with him in the Capitol as rioters forced their way in. It was the day after Raskin buried his son. She said, Dad, I don't want to come back to the Capitol. (laughs) Of all the terrible, brutal things I saw and I heard on that day, and since then, that one hit me the hardest. Knowing the former president is watching closely from Florida, a rambling Bruce Castor began his defense. Try to figure out how to find my way around. Castor, who has never met Mr. Trump, specializes in medical malpractice, personal injury, and defending Me Too cases. He argued the Senate should dismiss the case immediately, calling it an attack on the Constitution. We are really here because the majority in the House of Representatives does not want to face Donald Trump as a political rival in the future. Trump attorney David Schoen argued Democrats were turning impeachment into a partisan political weapon. Focusing on this as if it were some sort of blood sport. And to what end? For healing? For unity? For accountability? Not for any of those. 
No surprise that the former president is upset at his legal team. Senators coming out of the chamber expressed befuddlement at the arguments that were made, so much so that Senator Bill Cassidy of Louisiana actually flipped his vote. Two weeks ago, he voted no, saying the trial was unconstitutional. Today, he decided to go with Democrats, saying Trump's team did a terrible job. Nora? Extraordinary admission there. Chris Van Cleve, thank you. Let's bring in our chief White House correspondent, CBS's Nancy Cordes. You were there on, at the Capitol on January 6th. We really got a preview today of what we're going to hear in these coming arguments. Right. It's clear that the House impeachment managers want these senators to remember the full horror of that day when they were hiding below their desks instead of sitting at them like they are during this trial. They're trying to argue that this was an assault on democracy itself and that these senators have a duty to posterity, to repudiate it, even if it means taking a tough vote. As for the president's lawyer, they say, yes, what happened at the Capitol, the bloodshed was terrible. But the president, they argue, just didn't have anything to do with it. They say when he told his supporters repeatedly to fight, he didn't mean it literally. And what about President Joe Biden? Much of his agenda now stalled as this is happening, this impeachment uh, trial happening What is the president keeping busy with? Well, he says he's got a job to do. He's not watching the trial. And the White House is going to make sure to show this week that he is doing just that. He's going to the Pentagon tomorrow. He's going to NIH on Thursday. And he sat down for that wide-ranging interview with you the other day. Jen Psaki, the White House press secretary, said that he's not a pundit. He's not going to be weighing in on every in and out of this case. Nancy Cordes, thank you. And we're going to turn now to some breaking news out of Minnesota, where a gunman is under arrest tonight after opening fire at a health care clinic in the small town of Buffalo. Five people were shot and the bomb squad was called in during a tense standoff. Here's CBS's Jeff Begays. The shooting at Alina Healthcare started shortly before 11 this morning. Send the first ambulance you can get into the parking lot. I got Four or five with gunshots back here. Inside the sprawling healthcare center where the windows were blown out, five people were wounded. Two of the nurses came running out to my vehicle and got in. Um, They said they heard about 11 shots within a minute. It's a horrible looking scene. At the clinic, police arrested 67-year-old Gregory Ulrich, a local man who police say they are familiar with. Authorities say he had been unhappy with his health care and... They believe that he acted alone. The history that we have as a department with this individual uh, makes it most likely uh, that this incident was targeted at that facility or at someone within that facility. We did get initial reports of an explosion at the shooting scene. Police say they did find suspicious devices. They're searching a nearby hotel where the suspect may have been staying and a former residence. Right now, we're told that the FBI and ATF are assisting the local investigation. Nora. Jeff Pegues, thank you. Tonight, investigators with the World Health Organization are shooting down the theory that the coronavirus was leaked from a lab in Wuhan, China. They say the virus likely jumped to humans from an animal. Meanwhile, tonight, the fight against the virus here in the U.S. continues as the demand for vaccines exceeds the supply. Here's CBS's Carter Evans. Tonight, California's largest mass vaccination site administering its first shots at the home of the San Francisco 49ers. But the state still can't get the vaccine fast enough. It's an issue now of scarcity. It's an issue of supply. 
This week, Los Angeles County is reserving more than half of its vaccine supply for people in need of a second dose. In Alabama, several counties are only offering second doses. More than 30 million Americans have received a first dose of the Pfizer or Moderna vaccine, but less than a third have received their second. We really need to get the three to four million immunizations a day to really get ahead of this. The Biden administration says it's increasing available doses by half a million starting next week. And Pfizer says it's figured out how to cut vaccine production time nearly in half. But it means nothing if you can't get shots into arms fast. That's where Air Force General Glenn Van Herc comes in. He's in charge of the massive military effort to staff some vaccination sites with up to 10,000 active duty service members. And he spoke with us exclusively. I expect uh, forces to deploy in this upcoming weekend to be ready to go early next week. Beginning with troops to staff a new vaccination site in hard-hit Los Angeles. Which will be capable of delivering uh, around uh, 3,000, uh, 6,000 shots per day. It sounds like a lot, but we need millions of shots. Uh, the FEMA director assures me that uh, we're ramping up capacity right now. Now, California teachers are still waiting for their turn at vaccination sites like this one. And tonight, CBS News has learned that CDC guidance on reopening schools will suggest that teachers do not need to get vaccinated before returning to the classroom, as long as the schools follow safety guidelines to stop the spread, like wearing masks and social distancing. But, Nora, those guidelines are still being finalized and could change. Carter Evans with a lot of big news tonight. Thank you, Carter. Tonight, winter storm alerts are posted from central Texas all the way up to Maryland. Storms that caused multiple wrecks in Wichita, Kansas, are pushing east as temperatures continue to plunge to near record lows across the northern U.S. Let's get the forecast now from CBS's Lonnie Quinn. Good evening, Lonnie. Good evening, Nora. I want to jump right to the radar picture because the storm activity that you're talking about, it's looming. It's getting itself together. But right now, when I look at the radar picture, and you can see it right there, relatively quiet. A little bit of snow is exiting the Boston area. That is not going to be the case as we move ahead. Now, the first thing I'm concerned about is an ice storm from Arkansas all the way to the Tennessee Valley, and that's anywhere from tonight into Thursday morning or so. And then where there's ice, there's going to be snow in other portions of the country. And this time, we're focusing on Washington, D.C., right where you are, Nora, a half a foot, maybe even a foot of snow in some of the areas outside of uh, the nation's capital. And that's anywhere from tomorrow night through Friday morning. And Look, where there's snow, you're going to find more snow after it because we're just energized with this pattern. There are two more storms that will come into the northeast. One looks to be on Sunday. Another one looks to be on Tuesday of next week. And then the cold air really becomes a story early Sunday morning. Look at the numbers. It feels like 37 below in Sioux City. Dallas feels like three below. And, and on that morning, Sunday morning, you will, you will set 46 records all across those areas where you see the numbers. Everyone set some record cold numbers in the morning. That is the latest. Let's go back to you. Just to put a finer point on it, you're saying a very chilly Valentine's Day. <laughs> a little cold <laughs> out there for Valentine's Yeah, Yes. Yeah, Lonnie Quinn, thank you. <laughs> All right, today the National Transportation Safety Board blamed the helicopter pilot for the crash that killed NBA legend Kobe Bryant just over a year ago. Investigators say the pilot flew into a wall of clouds that left him unable to tell which way was up. Here's CBS's Errol Barnett. 
Tonight, federal investigators say the pilot flying basketball star Kobe Bryant, his 13-year-old daughter Gianna and six others experienced spatial disorientation when he crashed his helicopter into a California hillside in January of 2020. It was an issue of judgment and decision-making that led to this. In a new report, the National Transportation Safety Board said it found no evidence the NBA legend pushed his pilot to fly into fog that day, saying that Ara Zabayan likely felt self-induced pressure to please Bryant. Here's a case where a pilot who is well-regarded apparently got into a very bad situation. Sabayan's employer, Island Express, is being cited for inadequate review and oversight of safety measures. The company telling CBS News it is not commenting. While this closes the case, it provides little closure for the victim's families and Bryant's fans. Bryant's widow, Vanessa, writing in a social media post in January, it still doesn't seem real. Errol Barnett, CBS News, New York. And tonight, we're shedding light on the growing hunger crisis among America's children. It's become much worse during the COVID pandemic. CBS's Mark Strassman visited Jacksonville, Florida, where 40,000 children are not getting enough to eat, and teachers are stepping up to help them. I'm going to put this right here. In COVID America, nearly 24 million adults say their families lack food to last a week. Anthony Witters sees that every day. Hey, second grade, how are we doing? Hungry students at George Washington Carver Elementary School in Jacksonville, Florida. Okay. The 24-year-old guidance counselor heads to a back room. Instead of stacking books, he stocks donated food. His lesson plan? Fight food insecurity for needy students who may go hungry over the weekend. Once the pandemic hit, the need spiked. How y'all doing? Good. I'd love to have enough to where I could give every single kid in this building food to go home for an entire month. The number of American children facing food insecurity has doubled from 14 to 28 percent. Teachers in local public schools stuff backpacks in secret during recess to protect recipients from shaming. Supplies are not enough. And Anthony has to ration food. For right now, we have to identify the kids that need it the most. Mm, Yeah, okay. Brothers, nine-year-old Jamari and eight-year-old Jaden Bookman have enough to deal with. Sometimes I'd be hungry and I'd be going in the bed and see what's going on. Their mom lost her job due to the pandemic. It's me. They had no more food. I would have been crying probably. You guys both want green beans? Winters took them to the pantry, got them food, and nourish their spirits. You guys are getting it because I know that you guys need it. That's the lesson they leave with at Carver Elementary. See you on Monday, okay? Where every child could go hungry without help. Mark Strassman, CBS News, Atlanta. Just take a minute to think about those kids and those families. Now to some new video of an unbelievable crash. The driver of this truck survived after plunging 70 feet from an overpass in Milwaukee on Saturday. He apparently lost control, skidded up a snowbank and onto the highway below. Police say he was conscious when emergency crews arrived. All right, a Texas judge issued an important Zoom tip to check your computer settings after a lawyer appeared on a virtual court hearing, mistakenly using a cat filter. I'm here live. It's not, I'm not a cat. I can see that. And I believe you have a filter turned on. Uh, you might want to... Well, the lawyer, disguised as a cute kissed kitten, had to be walked through his computer settings to end the online court catastrophe. 
Motown legend Mary Wilson has died. She was often called the glue that held the Supremes together. Here's CBS's Michelle Miller. The 1960s, they reigned supreme with a dozen number one singles. Mary Wilson, Diana Ross, and Florence Ballard. Three girls from the Detroit Projects rivaled four lads from Liverpool, becoming the sweethearts of Motown and blazing a trail for black and female artists. My world is empty without you, babe. Their sound, silky, upbeat, infectious. And I think the Supremes were, were partly responsible for some of that movement of bringing people together. There were three black girls who had really succeeded at the American dream. In 1988, the group was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. 60 years after the Supremes signed with Motown, Wilson shared some big news. And I've also have some other songs, some surprising new songs, new recordings. She died just two days later. But her music will always play in our memories. And as Diana Ross said today, the Supremes will live on in our hearts. Michelle Miller, CBS News, New York. Always, Mary Wilson was 76 years old. Tomorrow, CBS News live coverage of former President Trump's second impeachment trial starts at noon Eastern, 9 Pacific. That's tonight's CBS Evening News. I'm Nora O'Donnell. Good night. If you like the CBS Evening News, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at Wondery.com survey. Hi, this is Jill Schlesinger, CBS News business analyst, certified financial planner, and host of the Money Watch podcast. This is the show where your money is not scary. It is a show that's all about you. It's your questions that make it possible for me to provide unconventional and entertaining insights on your money, and maybe more importantly, on your life. Follow Money Watch wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen ad-free on the Amazon Music or Wondery app.